This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we will be reading from the first verses of Surah Al Ahzab. Uh, I'm not too sure what the page number is. Uh, the first few verses of Surah Al Ahzab, Inshallah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها النبي اتق الله ولا تطع الكافرين والمنافقين إن الله كان عليما حكيما واتبع ما يوحى إليك من ربك إن الله كان بما تعملون خبيرا وتوكل على الله وكفى بالله وكيلا ما جعل الله لرجل من قلبين في جوفه وما جعل أزواجكم اللائي تظاهرون منهن أمهاتكم وما جعل أدعياءكم أبناءكم ذلكم قولكم بأفواهكم والله يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل أدعوهم لآبائهم هو أقسط عند الله فإن لم تعلموا آباءهم فإخوانكم في الدين ومواليكم وليس عليكم جناح فيما أخطأتم به ولكن ما تعمدت قلوبكم وكان الله غفورا رحيما النبي أولى بالمؤمنين من أنفسهم وأزواجه أمهاتهم وأولو الأرحام بعضهم أولى ببعض في كتاب الله من المؤمنين والمهاجين إلا أن تفعلوا إلى أولياءكم معروفا كان ذلك في الكتاب مسطورا وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ مِيثَاقَهُمْ وَمِنْكَ وَمِنْ نُوحٍ وَإِبْرَاهِيمَ وَمُوسَى وَعِيسَى بْنِ مَرْيَمَ وَأَخَذْنَا مِنْهُمْ مِيثَاقًا غَلِيظًا لِيَسْأَلَ الصَّادِقِينَ عَنْ صِدْقِهِمْ وَأَعَدَّ لِلْكَافِرِينَ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين We start to praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sending blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam all his Household and companions May Allah bless them all And may he bless all the previous messengers And their companions too And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Make us from the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam In the akhirah 
And indeed, if we'd like to achieve that, my mothers and sisters, it's important for us to try our best to follow the instructions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and to stop ourselves from insulting Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa by engaging in worship or acts of worship that were not taught by him, for indeed he was sent to us to show us how to worship Allah, and that is the only way Allah wants to be worshipped. So, whatever in terms of direct acts of worship we engage in should always conform to what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has come with. That is when we will be able to be achieving blessings, and that is when we will be able to achieve paradise as well. Mothers and sisters, we are a few minutes late this morning. Uh, one of the sisters might have noticed me overtaking her in a very clandestine way, so I apologize for that, inshallah. Uh, I'm sure you would appreciate the fact that we were slightly late. Uh, at the same time, I was in Kuwait yesterday, and mashallah, we had some very good programs there by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, always refreshing to meet Zimbabweans as well, wherever we go. And mashallah, uh, overwhelming response by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, it's always good to make it back in home, back home in time for this particular session on a Sunday morning. Mothers and sisters, these are the verses of Surah Al-Ahzab. Ahzab meaning the confederates or the alliance, named after the number of different groups that had allied together against the Muslims at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, post the battle of Uhud. So that time later, they realized that they need to crush the Muslims. And the only way they thought they would be able to achieve that is by getting together as many people who were fed up of the Muslimin at the time as possible. And they got them together and they drew so many different clans and tribes. The head was Quraysh. And Quraysh had led that particular army to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Medina Munawwara. What happened is uh, numbers wise, the confederates were far greater than the Muslims. And weapons wise as well, the confederates were far greater than the Muslims. And it so happened that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the believers by something or through something known as mutual consultation. This is why my mothers and sisters, it's important to consult one another when it comes to uh, matters of importance or matters which are uh, really uh, great or things that are perhaps we could you know call it whatever you'd like but something which leaves a mark in your life something which is important it's very very uh, noteworthy that a person who engages in consultation would arrive at a better uh, decision than someone who doesn't so issues of marriage sometimes th th this is just in our lives perhaps a huge business step that you'd like to take perhaps something major you know decision of leaving a whole country and shifting somewhere else uh, perhaps some of these big decisions it's important to listen to views of those who are genuine sincere and qualified in that regard sometimes people are very genuine but they're not qualified so they can give you some silly advice and sometimes people are highly qualified but they're not genuine so they will intentionally give you advice that is wrong so muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam sought the opinions of his companions and they suggested to him so many things one of them was Salman al-Farisi a Persian radiallahu anh, companion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam who had suggested that a trench be dug around parts of Medina Munawwara very wide trench so that nobody would be able to come through together with that trench mashallah Allah had sent uh, lots of wind and Allah sent uh, great armies that were not seen by the people. Inshallah, we will come to those verses, perhaps if not this week, then next week. But for now, let's see how this surah starts. Allah says, O Nabi of Allah. Now, this shows you that the Quran is indeed revealed by Allah. Because nowhere in the, in the Bible does 
a verse appear saying, Oh Jesus. Which means what we have today in terms of the Bible in the hands of the people, uh, somehow, somewhere, it is the word of people who have written it later on, whether it's Peter or Paul, or John or Mark, or Luke or anyone else. So what happens here in the Quran is very, very different. Allah is addressing the messenger and the messenger obviously has taken that as his address and wherever he is instructed to convey, he conveys. And this entire message is in its pristine original form. So today we read it. So this is why when Allah is saying, Ya ayyuhan nabi, O messenger, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that would show you automatically it's Allah speaking to his messenger. So Allah says, Ittaqillah, be conscious of Allah. In other words, fear Allah. Imagine the one who is the most fearing of Allah. In one narration, he says, Inni la'atqaakum. Inni la'atqaak. I am the one who fears Allah the most from amongst you. And still Allah is saying, O Messenger, fear Allah. Allahu Akbar. May Allah let this serve as a lesson for all of us. We need to be conscious of Allah. And this consciousness will lead us, inshallah, to become better people. Because if Allah is telling the Messenger, O my beloved, O Messenger, O you who is the greatest of creation, be conscious of Allah. Fear Allah. What about us? So Allah is saying, Fear Allah and do not obey the disbelievers and the hypocrites. Do not follow their advice. So when you seek advice, do not follow that of the disbelievers and the hypocrites. Those who will intentionally lead you astray. Verily Allah is ever all-knower, all-wise. Allah is the one who knows and Allah is the wise. We will guide you, O Messenger. So he sought opinion of, obviously, his companions. Some of the hypocrites gave some weird suggestions. And so Allah is saying, do not follow the suggestions of those who are hypocrites. Those who disbelieve. Mothers and sisters, there were two types of hypocrites. And there still are two types of hypocrites. The one type is the major hypocrisy, where people are pretending to be Muslim, but they're not. This happens perhaps at times of war, and perhaps even when people want to spy and so on, they pretend to be Muslim, they enter into the community and society, and they collect whatever they want, and they toss and twist and turn, and what they do later on, only Allah knows, but they were never ever believers. And sometimes we've had people who uh, we've read of on the internet where they have started off as spies, so they were not Muslims, pretending to be Muslims, when they entered into the masajid and so on, Allah gave them guidance and they then confessed to say, we started off as hypocrites. But now we understand this is the truth and we'd like to turn to the deen. Subhanallah. So Allah guides. Uh, my mothers and sisters, the second type of hypocrisy, may Allah protect us from it, is the more common hypocrisy. It's called the lesser hypocrisy, but it's still very, very serious. It is, إِظْهَارْ مَا لَيْسَ فِي الْبَاطِنِ To make apparent that which is not inside. You find someone, you meet them and they smile at you from ear to ear. You know, from ear to ear. And right behind you, they swear you, and they cheat you, and they deceive you, and they stab you in your back. Those are hypocrites. They are showing you something which is not inside. Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. But the worst thing is, it happens with deen and religion as well, where people pretend to be something they are not. Now, sometimes you ask a sister, my sister, why aren't you wearing a scarf yet? You're quite old, mashallah. You know, why haven't you yet put on the dress code that would be, you know, identifying you as a believing female? She'll tell you, I'm not a hypocrite. You know, I'm a mover. So basically, I move, you know. So if I were to wear a scarf and a cloak and so on, it becomes a bit tough to move, you know. So you would tell her, my sister, with farad, there is nothing like that. 
with farad and compulsory obligatory issues, you do not use the cheap excuse of hypocrisy. Never. Because that is compulsory. When it comes to something beyond that, you may use the excuse of hypocrisy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So you cannot say, I don't read salah because you know what? Uh, I've got a boyfriend. You cannot say that. Astaghfirullah. The sin of having the boyfriend is a separate sin. Yes, it is there. It will come back to haunt you sometime down the line with its own damages unless you've sought repentance and forgiveness and so on. But you cannot say now I'm going to commit two sins. You know, someone says my one finger is cut. Let me cut the other nine. You cannot say that. It's one at a time. It's like a person goes into a pub and, a, and they're busy drinking and then when they served with samosas, they ask, are these halal? <laughs> yes, are these halal? That's a brilliant question because one would say, well, what the hell is wrong with you? You are drinking and you want to know if the samosas are halal. My brothers and sisters, that's a very important question. Make sure those samosas are halal because if he's doing one thing wrong, it doesn't mean by default he's supposed to be doing another two, three things wrong at the same time. The fact that he's conscious of his samosas already shows that half the problem is solved. But sometimes we think otherwise. You know, when I went to Durban, and I'm sure I said this before here, they told me that in the casino they've got a musalla, they've got a little place of reading salah. And I said, why? They said, you must see those who come to gamble here. And wallahi, initially they were saying, look, all the restaurants there are also halal. I think it's called Sun Coast, if I'm not mistaken. And the restaurants are halal, certified. And people are wondering, why? How? The guys are coming here to gamble? To be honest with you, they read their salah, they eat halal food, they've got one problem. That's a major problem. Let them resolve it. Imagine if they did not read salah and did not eat halal food, where was the chance of them giving anything up going to come? It was probably going to be a little bit further down the line. So this is why I never lose hope. My mothers and sisters, that which is farad and compulsory, make sure you involve in it. Don't use the issue of hypocrisy to try and justify the wrong that you may be doing. May Allah grant us all a good movement towards the right direction. We all have our weaknesses and we always say that. But inshallah, we're all trying to move in the right direction. And I hope and I pray we feel the goodness. When you do something good, you must feel good. When you come on a Sunday morning, you know, uh, especially when you've just discarded your visitors who visited at home and said, you know what, guys, you've got to leave because I'm going for my Sunday lecture. If you want, you can join me, but I'm not going to miss this. You feel so nice. You feel so good, mashallah. I hope you don't feel bad because, subhanAllah, the reality is people should know that you have a principled stand. You know, when you ask the Christians who go to church on a Sunday what they do, and I've done this, if someone visits their home on that day, they say, we either take them to church or we dump them. One of the two. Imagine they're ready to do that. With our Quran, we're not ready to do that. We'll say, no, 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 hang on. One week is fine. You know what? Uh, it's fine. As it is, we've heard that this guy is in Kuwait. Astaghfirullah. May Allah protect us. May Allah safeguard us. That's the wrong way of looking at things. You might come and you have to be dedicated. If you come on a weekly basis, dedicated for the sake of Allah, there will be a message that you will take home. Sometimes, surprisingly, where you never ever expected it. The guidance might be descending within one of the weeks where you were not available or you gave preference to something else. If that was the week where Allah's rahmah was directed to you in particular, what would have happened? We lost out. This is why my mothers and sisters, if we could see the unseen, we are right now surrounded by angels who are making dua for us. The mercy of Allah is descending upon us and something known as a sakinah. Sorry to all those sisters whose names might be Sakina. We're not talking about you. But the reality is the peace is descending from the skies right now because we are sitting and listening to the word of Allah. That's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa You're supposed to be feeling a better person. You're supposed to be feeling moved in the right direction, my mothers and sisters. This is the will of Allah. If you come for the right reasons, then inshallah you will be moved. And sometimes guidance is 
being dished out and we are not there subhanallah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and protection here allah is saying allah is all knower all wise he is the one so he is all knower which means he's the source of knowledge and he's all wise he is the source of wisdom he knows why he reveals the rules that he sends down because if you do not follow or i do not follow the rules of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it will not lead to my success or it will lead me to failure. Let's word it that way. Because Allah knows that for me as a human being to success or, or to, the, to, to, to be led to success would have to, I would have to follow a certain set of rules and regulations and so on. We are like in a huge labyrinth where we are moving and darting through little aisles not knowing where the next aisle is going to lead us. For as long as we are using the map that Allah has sent down, we will one day come out into paradise. But if we're not, we're going to be suffocated within that labyrinth until we find our loss and we will then regret. So this is why my mothers and sisters, the best bet, even if it looks to you that this labyrinth I'm moving in, I'm just heading in, you know, going around in circles, the mere fact that you are following instructions, be rest assured you are going to come out at the right place. If you're not following instructions, what hope do you have? May Allah protect us. So sometimes people say Islam is so strict, it's got this rule, that rule. Well, you want to walk through your labyrinth, there you are. Take the Quran, take the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu adopt it and check what it says. And do exactly as it says and close your eyes and follow. And you will find that inshallah you'll get to the, out, to, to the end. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. And this is why the instructions of Islam are there to protect you, not to harm you. Today, look across the globe. You know, I, I spoke in, if you've been following my lectures, I spoke in Kuwait about Bill Cosby. He's a comedian, a probably a slightly older age. Those, those beyond 25, 30 might know him a little bit better. Uh, he says a few days ago that, you know, Islam, and I watch the Muslims and how they operate. We need to learn from them because look at their children, their discipline, they're away from drugs and alcohol and what and what and all this. And subhanallah, the way he spoke as though he's just about to be a Muslim. And he says, look, I'm not saying come into Islam, but I'm saying learn from them. Now, if a non-Muslim, you know, can bear witness, then al-fadlu ma shahidat bihi al-a'da'u. There is an Arabic saying that the true virtue is that which even your enemies have to put their hands down and say, no, this we've got to give it to them. Imagine. So we are Muslims. Why are our children turning into the wrong direction? Because we are busy following the movies and everything else, whilst the people who are supposed to be uh, doing all that, according to them, they are trying to turn to Islam. Yet they are not yet Muslims. They want to turn to the character and conduct and teachings of Islam. It shows us that long term, you will only find goodness through adopting what Allah has revealed. So Allah says, وَاتَّبِعْ مَا يُوحَى إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ how will you achieve piety, consciousness, and fear of Allah? Allah is telling Muhammad, instructing Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, saying, and follow that which is revealed to you from your Lord. Did you hear that? Follow that which is revealed to you from your Lord. Don't find yourself opposing what Allah has revealed or against that which Allah has revealed. That is just for me and you. But Allah is telling his messenger, although he was the one who followed it the strictest, he's still telling him, follow it. Follow what Allah has revealed to you. Don't follow the others. Don't follow what hypocrites and disbelievers are telling you. Follow what Allah has revealed to you. Now this rule would apply to me and you. If Allah has said something, and what some hypocrites or disbelievers or anyone else is telling you something contradictory to what Allah has said, where do you go? Answer the question. And if you answer the question, you will know whether you are actually a submitter, 
and submitter translates as Muslim in the Arabic language or not. So if you're a submitter, you can say, Aslam to, I'm a Muslim. If you're not a submitter, a lot of room for improvement. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So here Allah is saying, Inna Allah kana bima khabira. Follow what Allah has revealed to you, for indeed Allah is well acquainted with what you do. Don't think you're going to hide from Allah. Don't think you're going to be able to run away from Him. We are taught, لا ملجا ولا منجا منك إلا إليك. لا ملجا ولا منجا منك إلا إليك. There is no way that we can seek protection, nor can we be, meaning there is no way that we can run away from, nor can we be protected against you and your decree, O oh Allah, and your decision. If you try and run away from Allah, wherever you run away, you will find Allah exactly there. So where are you going to go? Question. May Allah safeguard us. The day of Qiyamah, a person will have all their sins. May Allah protect us and grant us forgiveness through His mercy. If a person has all their sins, and then they are running away, thinking that Allah is not going to catch me, <laughs> they cannot run. Where are you going to go? Wherever you go, you're tied up. You're surrounded. By what? Allah. Meaning you cannot run from Allah except back to Allah. So your only big, best bet is to become a, a lovely person, beautiful person, so beautiful that you adopt Allah's instruction. That's what beauty is all about. You feel the goodness, the calmness. You feel the distance between you and material life around you where you might be wealthy, mashallah, you make use of it. But you don't get clingy so much so that you're stuck in it that if you cannot live up to a certain level, you're depressed. If that's the case... We'd all be depressed in Zimbabwe when the lights go for two days. Whoa. Someone sent me a message this morning asking me, are you allowed to pray in the dark? Are you allowed to read Salah in the dark? And I'm like thinking, subhanAllah, if they were living in Zimbabwe, we do that mostly. You know, all our Salah would be invalid if that was wrong. May Allah protect us. My mothers and sisters, we are so fortunate that our problems, and, and I'm going to word this in a way that you can take home. We are so fortunate that our problems are handleable and manageable. So Allah promised He's going to test the whole world and every single person on the globe. My problem and yours, do you know what it is? Zesa goes, big deal. What's the other problem? There's no water in the tap, big deal. Allahu Akbar. Some people, that is their life. If the water stops, they are depressed. They need medication. Believe me. And some people, if the lights go, it's over. It's like they're running aside. We just got to flick a generator. The petrol goes, you send someone with, to go and collect the fuel and they'll come back in a short little while. Subhanallah. And you know what? We've got a backup. What's it called? An inverter. So thank Allah, Ya Allah, the problems. You said you're going to test everyone with so many problems. Mashallah, ours are quite easy to handle. Ya Allah. Imagine some other people, may Allah protect us. They've had bigger issues, major tests, huge tests. I don't even want to mention some of them, but major, major tests. Some people have been found guilty, yet they were absolutely innocent and jailed for complete life. That's a big test. May Allah protect us. So Allah says, now when you are following Allah's instruction and so on, you, you will have issues, you will have difficulties. Issues meaning, you, you're going to go through obstacles in your life. It's not easy. Allah's testing you. He, he wants those who really are dedicated to be separated from those who are not dedicated. This is what Allah says. We want, we, the reasons why we test you, many reasons, we want to elevate your status, we want to expiate your sins, and we want to distinguish those who are serious from those who are not, so we give you opportunities to prove your mettle. Allahu Akbar. So Allah says, وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ وَكِيلًا Lay your trust in Allah and sufficient is Allah as a wakil. 
Meaning he as a trustee or a disposer of affairs. He is sufficient. You have an issue, lay your trust in Allah. For as long as you're doing the right thing, continue praying. You know, I was reading a narration where uh, it is made mention of how Allah does not take out some people from their problems. Because Allah just loves the way they worship Him when they're in problem. So when they say, Ya Allah, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, they've never ever said it in that beautiful way. And Allah watches and he's, He loves it. So He says, hang on, just keep this person a little bit longer in this particular issue so that I, I, I really see how beautifully they're calling out to me. Subhanallah. And so we get upset and Allah says, I just want to hear you call out to me so beautifully. And you say, Ya Allah, you are my maker, you are my creator, I have none but you. You are the one, you will, in your hands lies absolutely every aspect of, meaning control of every aspect of existence. Ya Allah, you are my maker, help me Allah, I plead with you, I'm asking you. And Allah says, MashaAllah, let this carry on for 20 more years. What an act of worship. But we look at it, no. You, you raise half a hand today because you're driving with the other. And you're busy calling out to Allah, Ya Allah. And you say, and you like want it today. Like you, like you deserve it right now. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us more steadfast. May He resolve our crises. May He never test us with tests that are too difficult for us to pass. Look at what Allah says. Ma ja'alallahu li rajulin. Now Allah is dealing with crises that were occurring at that particular time. And the lesson is for all of us. Ma ja'alallahu li rajulin min qalbayni fi jawfihi. Allah has not made for any man two hearts inside his body. Let's stop there for a moment. A person says, I'm a Muslim. Then he goes to some uh, the other people and he says, I'm not a Muslim, I'm just pretending. Well, he is one of the two. You follow? Now some people say, oh, you see polygamy is haram in Islam because of this verse. Allah says, a man cannot have two hearts within his body. Wallahi, you're heading in the wrong direction. It's not a part of, it, it, it's not even connected to that in any way whatsoever. But Allah is here is addressing us to say that those people who are claiming that they're one side and then they go to the other side and claiming that they're on that side, they're on one of the two sides. They cannot be having both at the same time. Someone cannot say, I'm a Christlim. You know, they say, I'm a Christlim. Uh, there are people who've emailed me and said, I'm a Christlim. All they mean is, we're Christians, but we're very close to Islam. So they call themselves Christlims. But the reality is, between me and you, there's nothing like a Christlim. Not at all. Christlim. To me, it sounds like a little ice cream. So the truth is, you're either a Christian or you're a Muslim or you're a Jewish person, but you can't be a Christian and so on. If it's a stage that you're talking about, you're still Christian, but you're considering Islam. So this is something we need to know. And this is what Allah is referring to. You cannot have two things at once and say, right, I, I believe in Allah, but I also believe in the idols. Well, that's association of partnership and that's disbelief in Allah. It's over. So like Allah says, the kuffar of Quraysh, when they were on the boats... Uh, they used to call out to Allah when the boats began to rock. When the boats began to rock, they used to call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thereafter, when they were back at, at, at land, they used to quickly go back to their idols and say, Oh, thanks for saving us. <laughs> Who are you? Allahu Akbar. Allah says, we are the more independent of the two partners. So give up the partnership for the one whom you have associated with us as a partner. We don't need the deal. We do not need the deal. Like a wealthy businessman, for example, and there is another guy selling bananas on the side of the road, and then afterwards, 
you busy saying, you know what, I'm buying this banana for a dollar or a dollar for ten. I think that's about the average price. In winter, it goes to a dollar for five. But say, for example, a dollar for ten. And you say, okay, the 10% of this is supposed to go to that businessman. The businessman will flick it off and say, hey, get out, man. What are you insulting me for? You want to give me 10 cents out of a deal? Who do you think I am? I own millions of dollars and I'm this and that. Get out. Out. And he will flick you off. Because that 10% means nothing to that man. This is a small example of the world. In our association of partnership in acts of worship, that's what we do sometimes to Allah, where the act of worship is for something or someone else. And Allah says, Ana aghna shirk. I am the more, the more independent of all those partners. Flick it off. We don't need it. Keep it. And let that person have it. We'll call you on the day of Qiyamah. Two days ago I was on an aircraft and I was crying when I read a verse of the Qur'an where Allah says about the day of Qiyamah and Allah warns us and He says, وَمَا نَرَى مَعَكُمْ شُفَعَاءَكُمُ الَّذِينَ زَعَمْتُمْ أَنَّهُمْ فِيكُمْ شُرَكَاءَ On the day of Qiyamah, the question will be asked to those who are associating partners with Allah. We do not see those people. Allah will ask them, where are those people you were associating as partners with us? We don't see them at all. You've come here on your own. Where are they? Are they going to help you today? And Allah says, Their link has been cut, or the link between the two of you is totally cut. They are worried about themselves, and you were busy asking them to protect you from Allah. And yet Allah says, we told you always call out to us directly, and you didn't want to do that. So Allah says, where are those whom you were associating as partners with us? We don't see them here. We don't see them joining you here today. Allahu Akbar, it brings tears to the eyes. People are still worshipping graves and sticks and stones. And people are still worshipping trees and various other items. Thinking that that will draw them closer to Allah. No way. So Allah is saying here, مَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِرَجُلٍ مِّن قَلْبَيْنِ فِي جَوْفِهِ He then says, وَمَا جَعَلَ أَزْوَاجَكُمُ اللَّائِ تُظَاهِرُونَ مِنْهُنَّ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ Neither has he made your wives whom you declare to be like your mother's backs, your real mothers. Now this you will need to understand it. I need to explain it to you. There was a way of staying away from a spouse at the time, and up to today it carries on, where a man doesn't, you know, he's not intimate with his spouse, and afterwards he says, you know, you like my mother, man. You know, you're like my sister, man. You know, how do you expect? Astaghfirullah. These are statements that are uttered. Now, that is such a hurtful statement for a woman. So, women's rights. Allah came to the rescue and always comes to the rescue. And Allah said, if you say that word to your wife, we will punish you. We will penalize you. We will make sure that you pay for it. So, do not say that. Imagine how Allah has raised a female. Wallahi, if you think about it, you can cry. Your husband is not allowed to ever say hurtful words to you. That you're just like my mother. You know, to me, you're just like my mother. You're like my sister. And saying it in a way that he's justifying abstaining from you. No, some people, you know, they might say in today's terminology that, you know, I've got a wife, mashallah, she's not only a wife, but she's like, you know, she's like a sister and a mother and a daughter and a this and a that. They, if they are meaning that, you know, perhaps they help me so much that they guide me, they look after me, they, 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 they are by my side, they are this and they are that, that meaning is totally different. We would still as Muslims say, don't even use that example. You know, but if a person is meaning it in order to abstain from relations with his own spouse and in order to belittle her and in order to make her uh, or to justify his disassociation from her, in that case, Allah says, 
They, you saying she's like your mother, she'll never be like your mother. You need to know that. Allahu Akbar. And if you say that, then Allah in, in another surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in surah Al-Mujadala, Allah makes mention of the punishment. That is, the man must fast for two months without missing a day. If he misses a day, he must start again before he can actually go back to her. Because why did he say that? It's as good as a divorce. Do you know that? May Allah protect us. May Allah safeguard us. Really, my mothers and sisters, we need to learn a lot still. And so do our men. People are saying Islam this and Islam that. Wallahi, the whole world, the women are turning to Islam. Those who are downtrodden realize that Islam really has put them in such a high position that it protects them from all the brutal, the brutal, immoral behavior that is taking place even amongst the armies of some of the major countries of the globe. They're having a crisis. I was reading the papers yesterday and to believe me, I was shocked to read how much uh, immorality is going on in the armies where people are abusing the women who are perhaps, you know, members of the army as well. And they are complaining left, right and center and they're just covering it up because they know. They are being treated as objects. They are there for fun. And Islam says that's not the case. You respect her. And you need to know as time passes, she will also grow old. And as time passes, you will need to appreciate her sacrifice for you. And so on. This is the detail. This is, the detail. This is what Allah has built our, our spirituality towards. One of the things. One of the things. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness. May He protect our sisters and the women of the globe. Ameen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you don't say that. That's a very dangerous statement. Don't ever utter that. وَمَا جَعَلَ أَدْعِيَاءَكُمْ أَبْنَاءَكُمْ And Allah has not made your adopted sons your real sons. So don't confuse people. This is also a dangerous statement. Your adopted children are not your real children. And they will never be your real children. On the day of judgment, they will be called by their own father's names. Their own father's names. I'm not making a mistake. Not mother's names. Father's names. Some people say, no, your mother, your mother. It's your father's name. If someone says, no, but I heard this person, it's your father's name. <coughs> so Allah says, in the same way that your wife will never be your mother, your adopted son will never be your real son. So you just got to make it clear. You know. So now it says, but Allah says the truth and he guides to the right way. Allah says the truth. Allah is not embarrassed regarding the truth. So do not be embarrassed regarding the truth. And Allah guides to the right way. He knows why He has decreed what He has decreed. Now, two questions arise. The question is, say I've adopted a child. And now for immigration purposes and facilitation purposes, they need to take up my surname. What's the issue? The reality is, for as long as you've made it manifest to the child... And for as long as it was not avoidable for you to have had a different surname for them, then because we are living in countries that are non-Muslim countries, we would be allowed to get away with that. So you have a child whom you've adopted and they've taken up your surname. Just for convenience purposes, because of the law of the land, but not for deception purposes. In that particular case, the scholars have made mention of its permissibility because that was the way out in the non-Muslim land. I hope you've understood that. Question number two. If you marry someone in Islam, do you change your name? The answer is no. So Islamic ruling never ever in the history of the Sahaba or the Tabi'een or Islam or uh, is a woman supposed to or allowed to adopt the surname of someone whom she's not. Listen to the pin drop silence. So now what happens? 
The same rule applies that I just mentioned moments ago about the adopted child. Because when we live in non-Muslim lands, if you go to the Muslim countries, none of the women have ever changed their names. Not one. Not even one. They don't change their names. Did you know that? Your father's name, come on, your identity, the minimum. Do you know as a Muslim, Allah respects the woman so much or has given her so much respect. Let's word it that way. Allah has given a woman so much respect that the me, who she is, is never lost. It's your identity. Come on, that is you, your person. But the Western world says, no, take it out. Become a slave of your husband. Finish over. Your surname goes. It's out. So today, you know, people go through five, six divorces because that's about the norm, I think, nowadays. So what happens? One day you're a Patel. The next day you're a Abdullah. The third day you're a Ahmed. And the fourth day you're a this. And the sixth day you're a that. And the fourth. And who are you, my sister? But didn't I meet you last year? You were Abdullah. And the, fourth, the, the year before that, you were, a, for example, maybe a whatever else and you know the other year you were that what and the sister says eh. the world knows how many times you've divorced keep your own father's surname even if you've been divorced 12 times they look up to you with utmost respect look at Islam and for your information divorces on the increase on the increase on the increase people get married we start asking when are they breaking astaghfirullah that's the attitude today oh you mean they still it's two years down they're still getting along Woo. It's, it, you, what? Allahu Akbar, may Allah safeguard us. That's the bad attitude of, of our own minds today. But that's what's going on. Why? We don't even know why we're getting married. You know, they say, I saw a pretty girl, I'm married. Oh, so now once the prettiness goes, well, I divorced her. There you are. That's the youth today. That's what they think that they're marrying for. Why? They're not educated except by the television and the internet. But when you educate, you look at the character, look at the quality. If she's pretty, she, the, pretty, the prettiness will stay. The physical prettiness will stay for a little while, beyond which you will have to let it seep through to the heart and the prettiness of the heart, which only develops further and further. You know, they say the rose continues to let out a scent, and the older it becomes, the stronger the scent. Allahu Akbar. Wow, look at everyone blushing. By the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my mothers and sisters, we need to value one another. The same applies to your husband. Don't just look at him and say, now you're old. Now you're old, now you are gold. Believe me, that's the way you should be looking at him. By the will of Allah. The man who sacrificed, he went out to work. He might have had a few blunders. Well, everyone has a few blunders here and there. You don't need to discard a man because of a few blunders. At the end of the day, look at his heart. Look at the good qualities he has. Sometimes a man has good qualities that nobody can replace. But because of the bad qualities that quite a few other men do have, we want to flick him off. But if you sit for a moment and think, this quality, nobody has. You can start crying, my mothers and sisters. Without a joke, it brings me tears to my eyes when I think of some of the men I know in my life and how brilliant they are, yet in their marriages they are not so happy. Not because they are not happy, but their spouses perhaps are not happy because we need direction. This dunya, Allah has never ever promised you that you're going to get what you want. Allah says, if you make sabr, we will give you paradise. Listen to the verse of the Qur'an. I, I spoke about it yesterday, if you want to hear it, it's on the net. It's a, it's a lecture that I delivered in Kuwait regarding the inheritors of the gardens. And Allah says, I'm just trying to think of the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Those are the people we have kept a special place in paradise because of their sabr that they had in the dunya. Imagine, do you want a special place? How much sabr are you engaging in? 
If you're engaging in sabr, thank Allah. Ya Allah, I'm making the days pass. Ya Allah, I'm making things happen. This, this is my sabr. Ya Allah, I'm living a positive life, although everything around me seems to be negative. Ya Allah, I want paradise. When you get to paradise, believe me, when you see that same spouse of yours in Jannah, don't think that I'm going to be fed up and I won't even want to go to paradise. No way. When you see him, you're going to think to yourself, Ya ilaha al-alamin, is this who he is? So wait and get there. Then, you, then inshallah, you'll be able to, to think. Uh, and inshallah, Allah will open the doors in a very, very great way. So if a person is married, and I was saying in a, non, in a non-Muslim country, sometimes to facilitate for immigration purposes, and sometimes it's the law, you've got to take up the name of your spouse. What that means is, you're not lying or cheating to someone to say, I'm the son of my husband, or I'm the daughter, or sorry, I'm the daughter of my husband. You're not lying to say, I'm the daughter of my husband. But... You're actually saying wife of so-and-so. So say for example, there is uh, a woman called Amatullah and her husband is called Abdullah. So, and her father was called Abdul Aziz. So she was called Amatullah bint Abdul Aziz. And that was fine. And a while later she got married. In a Muslim land, you don't have a problem. You remain that way and you keep it that way. You do not change it. Where you are made to change it sometimes, like in our lands, you know, here it's no longer an issue. They, they don't require it anymore because of women's rights. But at the same time, in some countries they still require it. What would happen? You would now become Amatullah. Instead of daughter of Abdul Aziz, you become Amatullah, wife of Abdullah. So nobody's cheating anyone. It's now known as wife of. Although Islam says that's not, that's not the way things should be happening. But because you are forced by the law of the land in one way or another, what would happen is you would then... Subhanallah, have uh, the, this, the, 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 the caption in the center change slightly from daughter of to wife of. So you're not actually cheating people. People would know this is not your surname. Now some people, they, they prefer to use both names, you know, because of women's rights. So they say, uh, uh, so they say, Amatullah, Abdul Aziz, Abdullah. What that means is, I'm the daughter of this person and the wife of this person. Still, Islam says to protect you, just say your father's name. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And this is why these questions arise. We are toned and tuned by culture. I've heard some scholars saying, no, there's nothing wrong in that. There's nothing wrong absolutely in that. We still feel with all due respect that if it is avoidable, we should avoid it completely because uh, it is the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your father's name is what you're going to be called out on the day of judgment. Tomorrow your husband might pass away. You might want to get married to someone else and so on. Uh, It happens. You know, even those who have promised their husbands will never marry again. Believe me, a day will come when you may be. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So Allah says here, ذَلِكُمْ قَوْلُكُمْ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ Those are statements that you are uttering only by your mouths. They are not the reality. So watch out. Which means you're just saying that uh, this person is my son or this person is my daughter. It, uh, this is in the case of people who are cheating. When you're not cheating, like I explained to you, they may have adopted your surname for facilitation purposes because we're living in lands that have a different law altogether. But for as long as the deception is not there, inshallah, it's fine. Uh, here we're talking about those who are doing so when they could have avoided it and when it is deceptive. And they lie sometimes to the child himself or herself to say, you know what, I'm your father, I'm your mother. You respectfully, you need to let them know because that is Allah. They will find out on the day of Qiyamah, they will not forgive you in a rush. So here Allah says, ذَلِكُمْ قَوْلُكُمْ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ so These are statements that you are saying with your mouths, but Allah says the truth and He guides to the right way. Allah is not embarrassed of the truth. Now, the next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Udruhum li'abaihim huwa aqsatu indallah. Your adopted sons, call them by their names. Call them by the names of their fathers. That is more just with Allah. Which means any child in this world, 
the most just law according to Allah is to call them by the names of their fathers. Which means you adopt the father's name and the father's surname. That is the most just. Come what may. This rule seeps into divorce today as well. You know people get divorced or they divorce. And after a while, the surname of the child changes to the mother's. The only time in Islam, the only time in Islam, when a child adopts the mother's surname is when that child is illegitimate and conceived outside of wedlock. That is when the child adopts the mother's surname. So if you are going for Umrah or for anywhere and you, and you know, people see the passport and they see the, the child's name with the mother's name, they, they immediately think something bad about you. Straight away. So this is the Islamic teaching that if you don't have the father's name there, the, like if you look at all the people in the history of Islam and in the history of uh, revelation as well, the only one who had a name which was the mother's name is Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus the son of Mary. They never ever said a male's name because he did not have a father. So that was a miracle child. But Besides that, you do not have the mother's name unless it is a child outside of wedlock. This is why we say learn the Islamic rulings and don't be afraid to accept and acknowledge the truth because Allah knows it's better for you uh, in the short run and in the long run. So Allah says, if you do not know their fathers, if you do not know the fathers of these adopted children of yours because perhaps they were dumped or because of whatever other reason, then you call them our brothers. This is so and so my brother. So and so, for example, brother in Islam. Uh, or for example, a person whom I have freed. And you call them uh, with some sort of a title that would make it clear who exactly they are. And Allah says, junahun." There is no sin upon you. Bihi, in that which you have made a mistake regarding. So if you've made a mistake regarding something, there is nothing, uh, no sin upon you. Walakin But you are responsible and you will bear the sin of that which you have done purposely and intentionally. Allah is most forgiving and most merciful. My mothers and sisters, we, we've clocked beyond 12 o'clock. It's actually 7 minutes past 12. Uh, I wanted to go further, but inshallah, perhaps we will stop there. There are one or two more things that I need to just quickly make mention of. Uh, my mothers and sisters, it is very important for us to respect one another. It's very important for us to realize that Allah has protected us in every way. And it's important for us to realize that the laws of Allah... We need to think about them deeply and adopt them so that we can actually achieve success in this world and the next. You know, people say that slavery, slavery is bad and slavery is abolished. Today I'd like to think that in the Western world people get married and the, 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 they enslave their wives. Point number one, whether they like it or not. They, they, such enslavement that the very name, the very identity is changed as though it's a possession of the male and it's over. So now you become a person who belongs completely and totally to your husband. And what that people are happily doing it. And they say, no, no problem. It's okay. It's fine. It's one of those things. You don't realize that that is actually the height of slavery. The height of slavery. And Islam came to protect you from that. You also have your rights. You have your freedom. You have your ownership of wealth. You have your right to do so many things. Do you know that? As a married woman also, you have a right of so many things. And one of them is the right to your own name, to your own identity, to your father, to your parents. Today people are saying about in-laws and so on. Wallahi, to be honest with you, moments ago I was reading this verse that says, they will never be like your mothers. You know, the wife will say, yes, that's for sure. I'm never ever going to be like your mother. That's for sure. Definitely. People don't even... And yet I'm supposed to take the, their surnames. Now my surname and hers is one and the same thing. Imagine your in-laws and your surname is one and the same thing. Your mother-in-law and your surname. One. 
How did it get there? Hers was something totally different. And so was yours. But both of you happened to come into the same family. So now you have the same surname. So you don't get along with her in anything whatsoever because she's your mother-in-law. And at the same time she shares your surname. How do you like that? Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, really. And may He grant us homes that are full of happiness and goodness. Whether you have that name or not, the reality is submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah to grant us goodness. Like I said, in the lands that we live in, we can get away with it because it's not a Muslim land. I know that sometimes immigration makes a big issue out of the fact that why don't you have the surname? You know, maybe you just a this and maybe you just a that. But the world is heading, even the, even the Western world is heading in the direction of these verses that we read today where women are refusing to take up their, 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 their husband's surnames. Subhanallah. When they do that, then it's considered freedom. When we do it, they're saying this is an Islamic radical teaching. May Allah protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. My mothers and sisters, we hope to meet again next week by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Until then, we would say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.